Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I'm going to invite you to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water, Earth, Human Mission, and your life, in your health. What if our Earth is made up of water, mostly water? So what is the most important part of your life on this earth from the moment you enter the air you breathe and you live in this air and you live your life of choice? It's a dehydration disease from that moment on to learn to live, to slowing down the dehydration of your body and learning to live with water. I hope you're drinking at least 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. It is vital. When they're talking about nutrition, about your food, it is vital to make sure you're eating fresh, dark greens every day and raw vegetables and and limit the sugar. Uh, we're finding out from many of our guests that are authorities in, in universities and in research, limit the sugar, low carbohydrate, make sure you're eating correctly. It is vital. But we're going to say be sure and drink, yes, eight to ten glasses of water a day. Your body's made up of 50 trillion cells, so of course you've got to flow with the water. Earth is also must flow. Earth must have the water to live in the universe. And can you imagine the influence that this planet Earth has with the whole universe? Because it has the water. We've had so much to learn. We've had 370 guests, four years moving into our fifth year. We have learned so much. It's the guests that are so fabulous to teach us. It's like we're going into their classroom. They're the professors. They're the knowledge. And they teach us something we need to learn. We need to be more proactive about how we're learning to take better care of ourselves. Today, I have a very exciting guest. I can hardly wait to get her on. Rebecca Petrus. She's the founder of the Dry Eye Zone, and I have been impressed with her dedication, her life, and what she has been doing. I can hardly wait to get her on for her to tell us about those two eyes that we all have. Because without those two eyes, life becomes quite a handicap. And as you know, blindness is every three to four seconds. By 2030, they expect 35 million people to have macular degeneration. Let's don't do that. Let's learn more about how to take better care of our eyes and our health. Our second guest is Deborah Prince. Deborah Prince is certified it's called I-R-L-E-N-E syndrome screener, and she's, um, she has an institute of reading by color. So we shall learn more about that one. That's a new one for me. We're going to listen to our sponsor, 
Biologic Aqua Research is the founder of Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only method of with food to supplement with 100% water the surface of your eye with just a mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Rebecca Petrus. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Rebecca, are you with us? Rebecca? Yes. It's nice, very nice of you to take some time. I know how busy you are. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Well, Rebecca, um, I want to tell you something. Um, I started studying this human skin organ long ago, and I noticed it was the covering the body, and it's very vital, and eventually um, melanoma could be the most devastating disease there is in the world because the air is getting too dry, and indoors is horrible. Uh, Forced (laughs) air, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls and chemistry and more. Then along the way, I was asked to study the organ of the eye because of the dryness and the problems of, of what's happening with the future of blindness that's going to be out of control. So I came in and I looked at it the same way. Well, indoors is a pit for everything to do with organs of the body that have to have a moisture level, that, that humidity in the air that you we must have. And then you go outside and maybe there's a pollution or wherever, like in China and different countries of the world. It's just unbelievable, the pollution. Your dedication came along with the eyes in a different direction because of a personal nature. And I was really excited about having you on today because you found that the two, your two eyes, but everybody has two eyes, has, there's never been enough education. That's and really tell, tell us right. your personal story. It was a real shock to me to find how little information was available. Um, this all started for me about 10 years ago. I had LASIK eye surgery back in 2001 in California. Um, I was, it was kind of a turning point in my life. I was right in the middle of a finance career. I was on the verge of moving to London. And then the surgery, which was supposed to be just a simple routine thing, I came out of it with my vision damaged and my eyes just 
constantly, constantly painful. Anything I did, I mean, it was like uh, like holding my eyes open and aiming a hairdryer at them. They just hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, in the wake of that, I just, it took years. Of course, at years. the time, you probably thought, well, so many people are having this surgery, I'm sure that this is something I can go in and they can figure out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I thought that I was such a savvy consumer. I mean, I sure. grilled the doctors beforehand with questions, and I mean, I'd waited years, and um, uh, you know, you, you read all the things, but at that time, especially, there was really very little information out there anywhere a lot about of money dry eyes. In those days, there was a lot of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was one of the ones that got it covered through uh, you know company insurance. Um, yeah, so it was money. relatively. Uh, easy then, but um, as I came out of that and was trying to find solutions, I just came up against a brick wall over and over, both on the vision side and with the dry eye, um, and I ended up connecting with a lot of other people on the Internet who were having similar problems. Um, one thing led to another. I eventually started a small nonprofit for people who, who were having complications from similar laser surgeries, LASIK and even some of the older ones um, as well. So I started a website with a lot of information on the different complications. And over time, I found I was getting contacted by lots of people who never had laser surgery but who were just desperate for current information on dry eye, trying to find um, trying to figure out what was wrong with them and trying to find uh, treatments that they just weren't able to learn about through their doctors or find some kind of relief for the pain they were in. Was this 10 years ago when this all began? Yes. Okay, so, but you know what I learned, um, Rebecca, is the word dry eye 10 years ago was like, what does dry eye mean? Uh, Oh, yes. And and even now, that's the case. You you say, you tell someone you have dry eye and they think, oh, we'll find some dry. What does that mean? (laughs) Right, you know, and and dry eye, there's a couple of distinctions I think that have to be made there. First of all, there is just slight dryness anyone can feel at the end of the day put a drop in and maybe you feel fine or drink some more water, something where it just, where, where it can go away fairly quickly. There's a in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's what I think of as dry eye disease, or it goes under a number of, of terms where we're looking at a very different entity, something that can affect every, every hour of the day, can cause severe pain and lots of other symptoms, light sensitivity, all different kinds of things. Um, Dry eye in general is not one simple thing. It's not like just the, the moisture shuts off. It's really a, a sort of catch-all term for a lot of different conditions that interfere with having this nice, nice, healthy, protective tear layer on your eyes that's so vital exactly. to, to protect your cornea from the outside world. Exactly. Um, and those conditions, there's a lot of different things. There is kind of classic dryness, which is surprisingly rare and mostly from autoimmune diseases where your actual tear glands, the ones that produce the moisture, aren't producing enough. Mm-hmm. Then there's the more common one where the oil glands in your lids aren't secreting enough oil. So you produce tears, but they just evaporate, especially in these exactly these sorts of environments you're talking about, the bad office air um, and things. Um, then there's lots so when of When you other- had your LASIK, you found that, and, and then this is a, this has been, what is a common? Uh, that many people who had LASIK, when all their friends had LASIK, but they didn't, a LASIK didn't agree with them. And uh, they would walk out, and uh, maybe a month or so later, they go in into extreme dry eye first, or then later, maybe other complexity of these symptoms you're talking about, 
of com- these complaints. Yeah. And wh- then what did you begin to do for yourself? Because you had to do something. Did the doctors have an answer, or did you have to find your own answers? I had to find my own answers. And, I mean, I fought through with, I don't know, doctors in lots of different places. But the, the situation for me at that time was a little bit more complicated because of the vision factor and... um of the two things at that time, vision now, was, was my driver. If I couldn't see, I couldn't both work. Was your eyes or just one? Beg your pardon? Was this both about your eyes or just one? It was both. Both. And, you know, ultimately, and it, this took years. I mean, we're talking, let's say I had surgery in 2001, and my kind of final best solution didn't come until 2006. But the solution I have now addresses both vision and dryness. It's it's a, a special, it's actually considered a prosthetic, but it's like a giant contact lens, uh, rigid gas permeable contact lens that's custom-made that holds fluid over over the eyes. So it, oh it addressed okay. both. Now, then you founded what's called the Dry Eye Zone. When did you, find, when did you start that? That was 2005. And that was, you know, when I'd come to this point where I was just getting bombarded with questions from people who did right. not have laser surgery but had dry eye from any number of other causes. Mm-hmm. There were, you know... Elderly people with classic dry eye. There were twenty somethings who uh, went on a course of Accutane, and their eyes just completely dried out practically overnight. Uh, just, just ran the gamut. All kinds of different causes. allergies, and you name it. Yeah, sure. A uh, lot of uh, cosmetic eyelid surgeries. A um, lot of my different drug side effects causing me to have dry eye. Can't wear them all day. And contact lenses. Yeah, you name them. You yeah. probably got them. Now the dry eye zone. Has got today. How many? How many followers you have? Oh, there's there's several thousand in the online. Um, uh, oh, there's a lot of people group. out there that are wanting questions. They want to relate with each other. They want to. What you? They're hoping that you can give them a direction to go, and answering some of these very easy, common. I call these uh, um, Rebecca common sense questions. Actually, yeah, common sense. Can I ask a question and get a common sense answer without having to think I've got to learn Latin? <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then you learned what you needed to do by relationships of uh, directions to go. So before I go into all these things I'm going to talk to you about today, which is so important to the listeners for the future of what you're doing and going into your uh, dry eye zone, what did you find? So then you finally found something that worked for you that you needed to work proactively, but you have to maintain every day. So you found other people that needed some different directions to go. Um, to, but you're okay. You found yourself being I'm proactive. Okay. I mean, I, I have, there are things I need to do every day, and it's not just as simple as wearing these lenses. I still have to take care of my eyes really carefully at night. I'll wear moisture goggles overnight and use special drops, uh, you know, do warm compresses and things. But it's manageable, and that's really the key. I mean, most of the people who either call me or come online into um, on dry eye talk, um, I think what they almost need most is just hope because these will be people that have been in, in pain that's escalating and they're not getting answers. They think they've done everything available mm-hmm. and they're just terrified that there's no place else to go with this mm-hmm. and they need to know that there are so many more things to do. I mean, I have just literally never spoken to someone who had actually done all of the things that they could do. There is always well, there's so much to because, do. You know, I looked at it, Rebecca, this way when the doctors brought me in to study that many, many, many years ago, and I went about it the way I did the human skin organ, and I'm looking, oh, my gosh, I never realized that, that when that baby left the womb of that water and the baby mm. in that room called delivery room, 
all of a sudden, Rebecca, we're naked. We have no water around us. All of a sudden, Rebecca, we had another shock. The eyelid opened, and the only organ of the body that is exposed to the air all day when the skin is not over it is the uh, organ of the eye. Then there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, no two people dehydrating the same. We have 50 trillion cells. Where are, where, where are they testing us from that moment on? And, Rebecca, I've had doctors on from different backgrounds of research. When the baby was born, they didn't catch that the baby was born with a cataract. The baby had problems with disability of the eyes. They didn't catch it. Yeah. And, um, and he, he, one of them even said the prisons are full of people with so much anxiety. They had not caught it in time. Oh, I have a friend who's just uh, adopted a baby, and they they just discovered a couple months later that she was totally blind, had no optic nerves. And by the way, um, there's a doctor I've had on, and a very well-known doctor in our country, and a very good friend of mine, Dr. Marguerite McDonald, one of the founders of LASIK. Okay, Marguerite, when she was a little girl, um, and I've known Marguerite, but she brought it out on the show so she won't mind me repeating it. When she was a little girl, she was an only child, and her parents, they were out shopping. Next thing we know, everybody was just, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, and they were yelling, and they turned around. She was right there with them, but she had walked into a pool of water at a shopping center, um, not knowing that she'd walked into water. And then all of a sudden, they took her to have her eye checked, and she found out she had problems with her eyes. Mm. And this is common today. And now, if I have my way, you have your way, and many of us throughout the world have our way, from the moment that baby is born, we're going to make sure they get an eye check. Now, when in the womb, the eyes and the brain connect at the very same moment. So, therefore, nature has said to me, Rebecca, the uh, brain is 80 to 90% water. When you enter that air you breathe, that eyelid opens, that the air that you're, li- you're, you're delivered in and your choice of air you're walking around with, if there's not enough moisture, humidity in the air, the brain goes on overload to keep up with what you're not receiving from the outside of the body to keep that tear film supplemented, to keep it toxin- to- uh, detoxif- and detoxif- and detoxified and keep the nutrients all in balance for you as a person. And remember, no two eyes alike. So what you've done with the eye zone, dry eye zone, for me to notice, and I was just applauding you, is you gave them a place to go and, and work with you because and talk with you because you're, you've gone through this. People don't realize dry eye starts from birth. You just don't complain about it until you go to, it's like anything else in your life. Did you have an allergy until you got so upset about it? Oh, my gosh, I think I have an allergy. Uh, it's the same way with everything about our life. Now, what have you been learning um, about some of the things that people need to learn? Now, there's certain things that they are. I, I've been talking to Dr. Alan Taylor, who's the leader at Tufts University in worldwide nutrition and eyes research. And have you learned for yourself to get into a diet, your diet and oh, other things? I, I'm so glad to hear you talk about that subject because I think it's it's so key. I mean, with dry eye, we we get distracted with a lot of the immediate causes of it. There's a lot of medical causes of it and, and diseases and things. But the big picture 
is we've got all these, you know, there's the environmental factor, the office air and so forth and contact lenses, but there's diet too, and it's just so huge. I have a dear friend who's uh, an excellent pediatric ophthalmologist, and uh, I talk with her about this frequently because, you know, where, where dry eye has been uh, considered generally kind of an, uh, a disease that affects more kind of people over 50 and probably more women over 50 than anyone else, uh, at this time, I've been really concerned at seeing more and more young people with severe dry eye, 20-somethings. Oh, they do. In, they do. in yeah. college and such. And so I'm talking to my friend who's, who's dealing with, uh, I would say, much younger people and saying, you know, what are you seeing? Are you seeing people starting to get dry eye when they're, you know, in their teens or younger? Because it's thought of as very rare in, in, well, in children, really. Well, because it's a computer today, but, they'll probably start about six years old. Well, what she's, she's seeing is, um, you know, kids walking into her office with their mom with a can of soda in their hands and you know the first thing she's going to tell <laughs> the mom is you know what's this kid eating and drinking um what are they putting in their body that is drying up exactly. because she'll, she'll look at their eyes and those oil glands will already be starting to suffer and they exactly. should not be at that age There's right. a, there is a progression um in the natural course of life where the oil glands in the lids that are so vital to having healthy tear film where those gradually start producing less and drop out from decade to decade right. but they, they it's it absolutely Can you should not imagine, be happening Rebecca, so young the how exhausted the brain is to keep up with that mm-hmm. see because the brain and the eyes connect in the womb together at the same moment the brain is 80 to 90% water the eyes are facing the rest of the world when the eyelid is open. It's kind of like, Rebecca, if I came over and I said, well, Rebecca, let's slice you open in the chest and let your, uh, your organs breathe for a minute. You'll go, oh, no, 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 they'll dry up. Well, the eyes, when that eyelid opens, is exposed. Yeah. And now they're starting out in younger years, and your, uh, the diet, um, the diet is vital, audience. It is vital to your everyday choice of living. Your toxin, you know, uh, the skin, that's why I studied the skin for so long, because the skin is your detoxifier, it's your filter, it's your sift. I'm glad to hear you talking so much about skin, because I think that a lot of uh, dry eye issues are really, um, they're kind of falling in between these sort of dermatology and ophthalmology fields. It's it's part skin, part eyes. You've got the eyelids are such a... Just such a vital part of a healthy tear film. Your eyelids pump out um, oils onto the tear film, and they're also spreading tears across the eye constantly. This is why you get you know, people working in offices. You're looking at a computer, and when you're focused on something, you're, the frequency with which you blink just drops down to a tiny fraction of what it is normally. So you're not getting uh, the the tears pumped out, well, you're not, and you're not getting them spread over the eye. You've got to keep that little bit of, of oxygen, nitrogen, and, and swiping a little bit. And uh, what they didn't realize when I entered into it, they, when I was invited to enter into it, because I'd been studying the skin for so long and, the, and the, what was happening to it, and I became alarmed. And I, w- I, pr- I can prove that there's no gimmick beti- behind the Vaseline and the products to apply to trap the moisture, to slow down the moisture loss. But underneath there, if you don't have the proper moisture naturally, it, the toxin will back up into the body once you've applied those products. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've said, and I've had United Nations on here when we were talking about countries of the world that don't have modern facilities. Well, 
if you cannot, if you, you, do, you do not go to the bathroom as much as you do tox, with the toxin that comes through the skin that you've got to eliminate through that skin every day. So you can imagine, Rebecca, what is happening to the eye organ. It's toxin in there. It's got to flush. It's got to remove. It's got to get re- you got to do it. And down when you take your finger and lower the lower lid, all of a sudden you're noticed, if you notice that that is the dry area and it's so inflamed that, uh, and the tear film going drier and drier, now, Dr. Alan Taylor from Tufts said, I had him on, and he said, Sharon, I said, what would you focus on when we're he's studying nutrition from all over the world? I have other doctors that are really dove into nutrition as a big deal for heart disease, too, and eyes. But he said, uh, sugar, sugar. He put sugar yeah. at the top. And is that what you've been learning, too? Oh, I've certainly at a practical level, I have seen a lot of that people in our online support group um, who just, you know, as an experiment, went completely off sugar and, and other inflammatory type things and saw a dramatic difference. I mean, it's not always, you know, quitting something that's doing damage isn't always going to immediately give a benefit, but I sure have seen it over and over. Well, it's sugar plus um, the other one is, um, and I'm sure your people uh, are learning, but this is the big deal coming because I have doctors on my team studying all that too, but the raw vegetables like kale and the dark green kale and, and broccoli, dark green, and your arugula, dark green, and, mm-hmm. and, and don't overcook your vegetables, but make sure you're getting uh, the carrots and and nowadays, Rebecca, we can go. It's just so fun because I'm 69 years old, so I came a long ways. But here again, you get to go to the produce department and you get to pick up your fresh kale, your fresh uh, chard, and, and your fresh carrots and your fresh potatoes, and not so huge with smaller ones so they haven't been oversized with growth. And uh, all of a sudden, you're, and, and your arugula, everybody, wait, everybody's falling in love with arugula. Do you, do you use arugula? Oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's funny how one day I was in a, I have to tell you this real quickly, I was in a nursery buying some of the arugula plants, and this lady says, oh, my gosh, you just bought up all of the arugula. She said, I was going to buy some, and I kind of looked at her, and of course she didn't know who I was, and she said, I just love arugula. <laughs> I, I can't go without it every day, and I had to laugh because, Rebecca, I became, I didn't tell her, but I, once I got started on arugula, I found myself, and you can go to the produce and buy in packages shredded carrots, shredded broccoli. You get to buy things that are not so, you don't have to chop your fingers to get them. Put together the fresh greens and the spinach, baby spinach, and, and the, uh, the kale broken up and uh, some chard and and then yeah, you know, there really is no excuse these days with how convenient they make it all. I mean, personally, oh, I prefer to walk out of my garden if I can and pick you. it. But. Right. <laughs> now, what is your thinking with what, you got, what you've been learning about oil in the diet? Because there's a lot of uh, new research going on about oil because of cardiovascular, but also leading to getting, uh, becoming more vegan. Have you ever, and any of your people ever discussed any of the, those particular diets? Um, there's always discussion going on on dry talk about it. I haven't followed that as closely as I have some other things. Most of the talk about oils on there would be about like the omega-3 supplementation, okay. which is just pushed so much for dry eye these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the really good quality um, uh, fish oils, Norwegian fish oils and things, sometimes flaxseed oil. And it's just sometimes mind-boggling the wading through the research but trying to find what. what's what. How do you know what's what, Right. I've been studying for 40 years. I, I, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to take a stand on what's what. 
Yeah. It's a maze of learning. Tell us some of the things that you've been learning. Now, I noticed some of the symptoms that you had on here. It says some of the most common symptoms of dry eye. You had on here feeling that there is something in your eye and scratchy, gritty eyes. And what are some of the things that people would think, well, I never had dry eye, but all of a sudden their eyes are blurry. They're tired more commonly. That's another one of my problems with this term dry eye being such a misnomer because dry eye does not mean your eyes feel dry in the sense your skin feels dry. Um, There are people whose only symptom from dry eye is that their eyes water, (laughs) because uh, which sounds very ironic, but it's because their normal constant uh, tears that are normally supposed to be on their eye aren't there, and so their eye gets irritated, and that... uh, uh, prompts the glands to push out these sort of emergency tears or reflex mm-hmm. tears, we call them, to flood the eye to wash out whatever's in it because your eye thinks something is in it because it's dry. And, you know, when your eyes are watering, you would never imagine, my eyes are dry. Yeah, I know. People don't realize it's like if your wrist is swollen, you don't have enough water. The body is saying, I'm backing it all up to save it just in case you run out. Exactly. And yeah. so when the eyes so over water, it's because of the tear glands and, and all of the complexity of the eyes mechanics are saying, yeah. I'm, over, I'm overemphasizing, I've got to do something here. Would you figure it out if you had a tear? <laughs> yeah. So watering is, is, is one of the things. It happens to some people, um, not all. Um, I, I ran a survey a little while back on the, the bulletin board online to see for people with severe symptoms, you know, what is the thing that, it, most of them have many symptoms, but I said, you know, what is the thing that is most crippling to you? What is it that stops you from going to work or stops you from reading a book or going outside? and almost always it was a burning sensation, uh-huh. um, which is sort of like what I was describing before with if you aim a hairdryer at your eyes, that's what they just burn. They just, mm-hmm. they just feel burning up. Um, the foreign body sensation, feeling like you've got grit in the eyes, that's a common one too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes a feeling people describe as toxic tears where they just feel like their eyes are toxic sort of like what you were, you were talking about before. Oh, they, are to- they are toxic. They got, the body fills up. People don't feel and understand that you flush the toilet, but the body sheds the rest of it and shreds more, and the eyes are full of toxin if you can't keep those t- the tear film flushing mm-hmm. and, uh, and keep a healthy diet and, I, and drinking at least 8 to 10 glasses of water a day in a 24-hour period. Uh, I've had yeah. people say, well, I drink tea and I drink coffee, I have juice. I, no, 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 no. That isn't taking the place of plain old water. Right. It's fine. Yeah, you say that before. I'm thinking, where's my water glass in my desk? Well, let your words no, no, uh, no, uh, it's no, uh, not, it's not a nomer um, because uh, the uh, people uh, we've, you know what it is too, Rebecca. I when I was studying that the very first medical world in treatment was the eyes. The first regulation in regulating medical were the medical field were the eyes. Mm-hmm. We've it's been so long, and then they invented an eye drop. Well, eye drops were intended to trap the moisture. They weren't intended to add the moisture. It's like your Vaseline and your different products are meant to trap the moisture. Back it up. Don't let it be a sieve. Uh, but this is where I came in with drinking lots of water and come along with supplementing with moisture to the eyes like you've been. You're, it sounds like your uh, secrets to you were pushing, put, getting at night that moisture level back in there uh, when your eyelid can help you at the moment and you're laying down and you're resting. That's the other thing too, Rebecca. Have you, I've had people on, on sleep and rest. It is vital. We have to learn how to sleep, not just oh, take absolutely. it for granted. 
Unfortunately, a lot of people with severe dry eye, and depending what type it is and if they've got like recurrent corneal erosions or some of these other conditions, um, the dry eye may actually prevent them from sleeping. There are people who wake up a lot in the middle of the night and have to put more drops or ointment or whatever they're using. And that is the sad part, too. Don't over-apply the drops. The companies that invent those drops are fabulous research centers intending to assist you, but the, if you over-apply them, you're ruining, you're, you just destroy the reason yeah, they And unfortunately, them. not everyone gets told this by their doctors. I've heard from a lot of people whose doctors say, put them in as often as you feel like, but that really is true. wrong, that's and I'm glad true. to hear you say it. Yeah. Um, I think that what happens with a lot of people with um, you know, fairly severe symptoms who are in a lot of discomfort is um, they're using eye drops basically as a painkiller. And that can cause a lot of damage. And when your eyes are that uncomfortable, you do have to do something. But they think that that's the only thing they can do. So I get mm-hmm. calls all the time from people who are putting drops in their eyes every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know it's making them worse, putting all oh, these chemicals in. They're proving that eye drops flood the tear film. But they need to do something. And, then, and the eye so will become a, addictive if you overapply them. So a big part of what I go through with people and trying to help them is trying to help them separate mm-hmm. medical treatments that they're mm-hmm. getting from their doctor from mm-hmm. pain management and getting this, these sensations under control so that they can function without going nuts from pain. And there are many things they can do that don't involve eye drops that where they can get themselves more comfortable. They can do cold compresses, which is just one of the best-kept secrets out there for reducing pain and inflammation in the eyes. Um, they can wear moisture chamber glasses or goggles, which all also is just absolutely huge, which is the, the purpose of those would be... And, of course, uh, Rebecca, I'll say nature's tears, I miss, because that's why they brought me in years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, Ten years ago, they brought me in that the moisture supplement had never uh, been figured out how a person could hand carry, and, and you carry your own. In fact, Marguerite just raves about it, and so the other doctors in the country, but... Well, any way you can introduce moisture without moisture chemicals, supplement. Pardon? yay. Pardon? <laughs> Any way that you can re- introduce moisture without chemicals, you know, hooray. Well, and getting a moisture supplement that, um, that uh, at Nature's Your Zymus is a tissue culture grade of water, but again, at your fingertips, handheld moisture supplement, what the air cannot do to give the tear film uh, the benefit of the hydrotherapy. Mm-hmm. But back to, uh, I have to tell you one, I was in Japan last year, and this scientist was introduced to me at a lovely evening for just the two of us to meet, and um, he was—he had mercury poisoning. And he said, Sharon, let me show you something. And on each of his frame of his glasses, he had this little cotton thing. And, of course, now he's using nature's tears, but it was, you know, it's been going on forever, the different, like you can have rheumatoid arthritis, you can be diabetic, you can be sitting in front of the computer, you could be born with an allergy, uh, People are having a severe dry eye problems for many reasons. Like you said, it could be the medication. It could be the food you're eating. But the person that's listening to us today has to learn to be proactive. Is, is the doctor or your, you and I or anybody else going to hold their hands? They've got to learn. Oh, it, it's self-education like on this. Petri dish. Pardon? Self-education on this is oh, just absolutely yes. vital. I, you know, the, the, the average person who calls me has already been to probably four corneal specialists. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. They're not getting the answers that they need, either on kind of what's going on with it or on what to do about it. Um, and I, I want to mention here something that's um, one of the biggest frustrations in dealing with dry eye and trying to get answers is the 
what I think of as the sign versus symptom mismatch. This is, you go into the doctor, they look at your eyes through the slit lamp, and they say, gosh, you look okay to me, but you're in pain. And some variation of that theme happens to a great many of the people with uh, dry eye, where they, they just don't see obvious signs causing the discomfort. Um, and that's, you know, it's a well-known thing medically. It affects all of the clinical trials going on because they can't necessarily document improvement to both the, the clinical signs of dry eye, what the doctors are seeing, and to actually how people are feeling. Now, um, have you had any relationship better. yet with, have you heard of Dr. Uh, Robert Lankaney in New York? Oh, I know him very well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had yeah, him he, he does times. a question and answer um, forum on the yeah. website, actually. Yeah, so he and I, I've had him on a few times, and uh, he decided years ago, as you know his story, he, he had the, the worst complaint, 80% of the doctor's visits are dry eye complaints. So he decided he was going to dis- have a mission. Like you, you have a mission. I have a mission. Go, he was going to start specializing as a doctor in dry eye. And um, it, it is a very serious problem. And I'll Dr. McKinney has from- done a, a wonderful service to people with dry eye by drawing more attention to it. He's got an excellent book out. And just, you know, being one of the people that you can go to who who gets it, who knows when somebody walks in in pain, doesn't just dismiss them by saying, Yeah, his book is Dry Eye Remedy. Yes. Rebecca, are you there? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, anyway, we had a little blurb there. But um, his book is Dry Eye Remedy. And he can be found at Amazon.com. In fact, it's usually around where we're at on Amazon. But now we only have about three minutes left. I know you'd like to be the professor with this audience because you're you're dedicated to people being better educated. How would you like to take the three minutes and you can teach us? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) Where do I begin? (laughs) I know. It's so huge. I think... um, it's for for people experiencing any significant enough dry eye symptoms that they really are uh, you know, searching for solutions. Uh, they need to start by understanding causes of it. This is not something where you're going to go into your eye doctor and they're going to give you all the answers. If you walk out of your eye doctor's office having been told you've got dry eye, you have not been diagnosed. You've got to insist on getting better answers than that so that you know what exactly to address. It could be your tear glands. It could be your oil glands. It could be your eyelids aren't shutting properly. It could be any number of things. Um, But you have to educate yourself on these different causes before you go into the doctor's office um, and ask uh, specific questions. What I've tried to do with this show through the period of time is get people to learn to look at themselves as the miracle they are and get up in the morning, and if you don't feel quite the way you want to feel, which we all want to feel good, start studying yourself. What am I eating? What am I not eating? What am I doing here? What am I not doing here? Uh, oh, what a wonderful way of putting it. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a thing also, Rebecca, living on this earth is absolutely the most exciting hobby adventure there is, you know? But we've got to learn. We're living with the earth. How are we going to live with it as individuals? Take it as an individual miracle. Take it as an individual gift. Don't worry about being vain. You know, I, I, when I was studying the word vanity way back in time, I thought, our forefathers came here with the most beautiful trunks, the most gorgeous clothes, threw them away, and put on the spurs. They were embarrassed to say they were vain. Let's be vain again, <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> it's, you know, and I want you to know, I have, we're out of time, but 
you keep up the good work, and whenever we have a subject, I know you've told me people have been even committing suicide because they cannot handle the fact that they're, there's, they cannot handle the problems that they're handling. With their the rate of severe depression with drive severe, because of the severity yeah. of pain is just appalling. And we can grab it in time. It can be. Yes. Go, to, go to dry eye zone and, 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 and use that keyboard with Rebecca and her, her troops because they're all over the country. And it sounds like you've got Dr. Marguerite McDonald, you know, and Robert Lankini and many more people. Well, you have a special day. Thank and, you so uh, much. You stay it's well. It's a delight being with I, you, Sharon. I hope you can do this again with us. Love to. You have a nice day. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, the one thing about dry eye that I've learned with my background is when you have a blurry eye, that's a dry eye. When you have a, a, it doesn't have to go to extreme, just blurry, tired is the beginning of a dry eye. I was talking to what we call a geek. He called himself a geek recently. And he's a computer geek. He owns a technology company. He's been with it for, since he was a young man. Now he's in his 40s. He said he has gout, carpal tunnel, allergies, the worst dry eyes, and headaches, uh, you name it, protruding abdomen, eating sugar. We've got to figure this out, audience. Well, let's work on this together. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor and Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the method of moisturizing at your fingertips with just a mist, all natural, the only product like it in the world, with just a mist to supplement that tear film that Rebecca was talking about. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Deborah Prince. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Deborah, are you with us? I am. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. And you're going to be teaching me today. You're doing something I have never heard of before. You're a certified Erlen. Is Am I pronouncing that correctly? Erlen. Erlen Syndrome Screener. Yes, ma'am. Now, explain to our audience what that is. Well, Erlen Erlen syndrome is also known as scopic sensitivity syndrome, and it is not an optical problem, but many people believe it is. The reason for belief is because, obviously, the eye is the sensory organ that we're processing the information through, Mm -hmm. but it's actually not an optical problem. It's a problem with the brain's ability to process visual information. 
Okay, now, and, how long have you been doing that? Well, I have only been doing it for a few months, but Erlen syndrome was actually um, discovered, shall we say, or identified by this brilliant woman named Helen Erlen um, back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually working with a group of adults, shall we, shall we say, um, slow readers um, mm-hmm. with, at uh, Cal State University, mm-hmm. and these students were struggling academically. Mm-hmm. And back then, people were actually told as they were kids, as you grow up, you will outgrow your learning disability. And obviously, that's not the case. So she was working really hard to try to figure out what on earth was going on, why these students still couldn't read, and what could be done about it. Mm-hmm. So this has been something that has been well documented. I mean, this is documented. Well, I've been in the eye research now. Yeah, I've been in eye research for over 20 years and dehydration diseases for over 30. But I could relate to this for the audience um, that... The, and I, you probably didn't listen, but Rebecca Petrus, who's the founder of the Dry Eye Zone, um, is world known. She's got thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of followers on there, and she knows a lot of my doctors too. But mm-hmm. we were talking on this show earlier that and I was mentioning in the, in the womb, you're in water, and then once you've left that water, that bag of water, you've entered in the air you breathe. But in the womb, the eyes and the brain connect together, Deborah, at the same moment. Mm-hmm. The brain is 80 to 90% water. The eyes have a tear film at the surface that mm-hmm. are the sensory to the water and the electrolytic ability for the water of the air and the water of the eye and the water of the brain to work together to give you your, give you your vision and your healthy, um, all the things that go together with a healthy vision and a healthy eyes. What she was probably finding, maybe I'm guessing, is that she was finding that the dehydration of of this particular uh, complaint symptom of the eyes, the learning disabilities were connected to the fact that the person wasn't able to keep up with the brain, the vision, and all of the focusing that is so necessary to keep uh, and not have to go too far in advance to what you're trying to learn. And then all of a sudden you're going through what we'll call even a little bit of quite a bit of dry eye too, because dry eyes cause all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, not cause it, it, that all causes dry eye. So now Certainly. her name you is know, er, er, her name is Erlen. Yeah. Uh, now w- w- tell me why did she start? She started it because she was running into these students uh, from all walks of life that exactly. were having problems, and she exactly. knew that they were smart enough, brilliant enough, but they probably lost focus and became very distracted because there something was wrong. Well, you know, honestly, with Erlen syndrome, because it is an issue with processing visual information, what I always try to explain to my clients is that information is lost. Training, what kind of training did you get with what you just said to your clients? What well, I'm a, I have been an optician for over 20 years. So I am. Oh, you've been an licensed, optician. Okay, there. I'm glad we I am licensed that. in dispensing okay. optician. Up, okay. Um, also bench opticianry, as well as an ophthalmic assistant, so I can assist with surgeries, etc. Okay. So I have a strong optical background. Okay. But this is something that, um, you know, certainly a lot of teachers get mm-hmm. certified to become Erlen screeners because mm-hmm. it's so critical. But you happen to have to a unique with an uh, optical background where you've been involved with the human eye organ for a long mm-hmm. time. Right. Um, certainly, you know, you don't have to have an opticianry background, of course, 
um, there is required to have a master's degree or equivalent um, in order to become certified. Mm-hmm. Um, the certification process is not long, not difficult, but it is something that takes um, an intuitive streak. It's something that you really need to be able to listen to your gut and interpret not only what your patient or client is telling you, but also what you're seeing in their body language and you know, the way they hold themselves and when they're trying to read, you know, how do they struggle, how do they, you know, tense their body up, how do they move, um, all of that really comes into into play because okay. Erlen syndrome affects so many areas. You can look at academic performance, work performance, behavior, attention, ability to mm-hmm. sit still, concentration, mm-hmm. and that's why it's critical to catch this, if possible, in small children in young mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had such phenomenal success with with kids, great success with adults as well. Um, I certainly don't want to exclude any demographic, but mm-hmm. children in particular respond so well to the treatment, and mm-hmm. they just take off and go crazy with now, it. Now, what is the treatment, well. then? Uh, we don't have a lot of time, but tell us what the treatment is. Okay. The treatment, we have two different methods of, of handling this, and, and the beauty of it is it's not surgical. It's not a pill that you pop that we're going to have all these awful side effects. That is the beauty of it. Um, the process is first, there's two, there's two separate parts. There's an assessment process, and the first part is screening, which is what I do, and you do various perceptual tasks with a, a certified Erlen screener or a diagnostician. Mm-hmm. And the testing creates an awareness of the distortions that you're experiencing when reading, or it could be um, simply light sensitivity and sensitivity to glare. Mm-hmm. And in that case, then how we treat it is with an acetate overlay. It's a colored overlay mm-hmm. that is specific to the person. I can create over 10,000 different colors with the overlays that I have. Mm-hmm. So it's very specific to each person. Mm-hmm. If the person needs more than that, so a good number of the people are going to do just fine, especially kids. They're going to do great with just the overlays. Mm-hmm. But there are a portion of of our our clients that we find, and I am one of them, as a matter of fact. That an overlay, I didn't have any reading distortions. Mine is headaches from light sensitivity. So therefore, oh. someone like me or someone who has visual distortions that is not mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. specific to reading, but it's mm-hmm throughout their entire world. Their world okay. moves all the time or they don't now, see do straight Now, do these people have color blindness too? Um, you know, I personally have not run into that. Okay. So that would, that would just be something that I can anecdotally answer. Okay. I have not found. Um, but the, the second group of people then need to go into what we call Erlen filters, which are colored lenses in your glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know that the picture that I sent you for the website, you'll see that I'm wearing them. Mm-hmm. And each color is very specific to each individual. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, you know, headaches are, if, if the person responds to the treatment, which the good majority of them do, I would say at least in my experience, I would say for me, the patients that I have taken care of, I would say 95% of them have had fantastic success with the Erlen lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, also called now, what, did you get the filters. Erlen lenses with the prescription from the doctor? I have my prescription. That's correct. My actual okay. reading and distance prescription. Okay. And then the lenses are then sent to the Erlen lab, and they okay. are very careful, and they put in exactly the tint that each individual mm-hmm. needs. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Now, where, does that go, where do they go to the web to learn more about this? You can go What's to erlen.com. So it's www.irlen.com. Uh-huh. And there is a self-test on there, which is beautiful uh-huh. because it uh-huh. just really gives you a lot of insight for what uh-huh. you might be seeing. Uh-huh. A lot of patients, unfortunately, don't understand. I can tell you I just tested a 44-year-old woman who is brilliant. And I want to make sure to say that if you have Erlen syndrome, it does not mean that you have a learning disability or that you have any sort of issue. There are a lot of absolutely brilliant people who have this. Um, so I, I want to make sure that that's absolutely clear. I don't want anyone to go, uh-oh, you know, well, I'm smart. I don't have that because, of course, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But as I said, I just now, have a before we go, we and she's very successful. Yeah, we only have brilliant. three minutes left, Deborah. How many people okay. is it estimated in the country that have this syndrome? Twenty-two percent of the general population, and eighty-eight oh. percent of our people who are incarcerated in our penal system have Erlen syndrome. So we can do a correlation there between lack of education and self-esteem with crime. Well, but and then the also, population, Deborah, in my earlier show, and I've had other doctors from I've had doctors from around the country that are specializing in research lab mm-hmm. uh, research mm-hmm. in this, and they said a lot of the prisons are full of individuals who had eye problems from birth that they didn't catch in time. So Absolutely. because of the anxiety, and then I would attribute to it with my background in research is that well, if, if I'm a common sense person. So if you go in and the brain and the eyes are together and the brain is 80 to 90% water and the baby's born with a problem they didn't catch, the anxiety and the anger and the concerns along the way, they, they didn't catch it in time. And Absolutely. the brain's on an overload. And like my former guest said, too, it can go into deep depression over mm-hmm. what is wrong with me, what is happening to me. People start treating you like something's wrong with you. Well, they didn't catch the problem of the eyes from birth. Absolutely. See, if they have and my you know, way, Deborah, um, I want you, everybody born, to have an eye checkup right then and there, and I yes, want to check ma'am. those eyes along the way. Yeah. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. Yeah, and because I believe the California public school system is now screening every child in the elementary school, is what I've been told, and I want to see that worldwide. There's no reason it shouldn't be done. Yeah, I uh, I want to see it from birth. I think that, that we absolutely. need to catch from birth, uh, and then proactive health education about how to take care of the eyes. Drink 10, 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. Stay away from a lot of sugar. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the earlier show, but I'm working with Tufts University on nutrition and research. Um, Then uh, you want to make sure they're eating the proper food, that they're getting the proper rest, and if there's an anxiety, maybe it's the eyes. Absolutely. Well, we're out of time, and I enjoyed this. This has taught us a lot. So I will say to the guests that Deborah Prince uh, is certified, and you can go to the Erlen syndrome. Uh, it's Erlen.com. Erlen, I mean, I'm sorry, Erlen.com, okay. and learn more. And, and we'll say to our audience too, Deborah, be proactive and be aware of the fact there's more education to be learned about the eyes, and and your eyes are who you are and with you forever. Absolutely. It's a vision of your life. And thank you so much for well, having me I appreciate me on you coming on. Work. It's nice to talk with you, and you be well, and have a nice day. And you as well. Bye-bye. Bye. This show was created four years ago, 370 guests later, and all that we've been learning has been 
first of all, my priority is that you learn that the power of water on your earth is vital to you. And what happened in Japan recently showed the power of what's going on with the water and the earth, and it's, it's mastering us. And we need to learn to live with it. And give your prayers out for everyone in Japan and around the world uh, if they don't have the water. There's water wars going on. People didn't realize that in Yemen and different countries of the world, there's been water wars caused by, uh, it looks like it could be uh, an ideology problem. No, it's water. And the problem in the tsunami is that the water is powerful. And what could they have done? Uh, But Japan, get your prayers out for Japan and our hearts and our tears and knowing that we care and uh, what can we do to participate in building Japan back and giving them their, the prayers are the most powerful tool there are in the world and uh, be with them. I want to thank you for listening today. Uh, Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every moment. Be vain. It's you. It belongs to you. And be good to others. But Earth has a secret. Don't say goodbye, because if you said goodbye, you might take it all with you. We don't don't do that. You want to leave it behind and be pro, uh, be proactively uh, pay it forward. I want to thank you for listening. What a show! This is a very special time. Have a nice day and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 